Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Hey, what is up, everybody? We are joined today by Rohit Rohella. We're here to talk about tax efficient investing, especially with the things that are going on in the market at the moment, which are absolutely crazy. A little bit of an impromptu live on Dentistry Invest, but these are fun. I really do enjoy doing these. Rohit, how are you today? I'm very good, James. And how are you, my man? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm hanging in there. I'm happy. You know, we're using some new software today. This stuff is crazy, right? You can broadcast on a Facebook group. You can broadcast on LinkedIn and you can broadcast on YouTube all at once. So shout out to the YouTube followers, shout out to the LinkedIn followers, shout out to the Facebook followers. We've all got you together in one place, one big happy place where we're here to learn about investing from a good friend, Rohit. So yeah, I'm 10 out of 10, my friend. Brilliant. And it's your enthusiasm for trying out new things, which is really, really inspiring. So keep that up. (laughs) You know what? Do you know what, right? Um, it's, it's very easy just to get stuck in a rut and just use the same old software over and over again. But yeah, we'll see how this pans out today. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. So Rohit, you wanted to share a little bit of insight and wisdom on the current market situation. You joined us not so long ago on the Dentistry Invest podcast, where we did talk about this. And really, you can actually distill your advice on what to do in these market circumstances down to about this much of text. But the thing yeah. about it is there's so much flipping, overwhelming information out there that leads people astray, especially on their long-term investing plan. And I feel like that's where people run a file. Yeah, absolutely. When I speak to my clients, I say to them just one thing, follow the KISS principle, keep it short and simple. So <laughs> there is so much noise out there and the internet can be a help as well as a hindrance. If you let that noise affect you and... Uh, there's a reason why what is put out there in the media and what these journalists do, uh, I just call it negative events world service. That, that's what they're to sell. That's what they propagate. And that's what they get paid for. Uh, if anyone based their investment decisions on what they read in the newspapers, no one would ever invest or no one would ever make any money. Uh, what, I, what I say is stay focused on the goals and let history be your guide because people that don't know what has happened before, cannot actually achieve good results going forward. The lesson of the markets is clear and simple. Capitalism is not perfect, but it's the best economic system known to man so far, and it does work. So by investing in the great companies of the world, in great quality assets, if you're doing it and you're staying calm and composed in these times of turbulence, then you are all set to achieve fantastic results. It's just staying true to the plan, having a plan in the first place, and then having faith in the plan more than anything else. You know what? I was just going to quickly say something on that. So there's some big media outlets out there. I won't name names, which (laughs) espouse information, inverted commas, on investing for people who are interested in that, well, finance and what have you. And you get an email from them every other day, and it'll be like, hey, we should all think about buying uranium because this, this, and this has happened 
and nuclear power is going to grow over the next 10 years. It's forecast to grow by this much. Or, hey, we should buy some copper because there's a scarcity of copper and this mine is not going to open uh, for a few years. And in the meantime, inflation is going to ride high. Put your money in copper. And it's almost like this. It's, it's like they're making it out like it's a casino, you know, and we should be actively moving between investments. And that is the most dangerous thing of all time because all of a sudden, all these people that have solid plans that they've either created themselves through their own research or they've been provided them by someone who is an FA or someone who's a professional who's on their side or just getting this total paradox, this quandary of information that makes them think that they should be more involved in the process and what they are set up correctly at the start and then resist the urge to tinker is a line that I love. Absolutely. What these uh, media outlets and the content they create, what this leads to is uh, herd mentality chasing the next big thing. And that next big thing would be down in the dumps. And then there's something else. Where do you end? And where do you even start with this? Is it going to lead you anywhere? It's no, it's such nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, keeping keeping to what you started with, and yes, adapting the strategy where needed is is the way to go. And some people are able to do that themselves, but a lot of people feel that having a trusted financial planner who can help them make sense of all this and keep them disciplined keep them focused is, is a real asset. But whichever way you go, it's good to stay aware. It's good to know what's happening in the markets, but not let your emotions get the better of you and use your uh, brain effectively is, is the way to go. Cool. And you've got some PowerPoint slides that you're going to use to educate us further on that matter in just a moment. One more saying that I love because I'm an absolute sticker for my idioms and sayings is that investing is one on day one. Investing is one, as in you achieve success on day one, the very first day, because that's the day that you set up correctly with a plan and then you just execute it for the rest of your life. It's not like any other event or competition in the world where investing, where you win on the final day once everything is in order, once you are, well, once the event is complete, you actually win it on the first day because of how you've set up interesting. Yeah. And then the only other thing is make your plan adaptable, make your plan uh, change based on your changing circumstances. And then you've got a winner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Rohit, let's jump straight in with what we were planning to talk about today, because I believe that you have some more information that you wanted to share on us. First of all, well, you know what? We, We covered this the other week a little bit in that podcast where we talked about how to invest in the current market slump. And it was, it was more of the same in building what we were saying tonight. And you know what? We can all, what I always find is that people, whether they've got the best advice in the world or whether they've got the best plan, when, when they are tested, when the, so to speak, the proverbial hits the fan, yeah, they act completely differently, you know? And those people, same people will say, yeah, I'll buy the same thing. Yeah, I'll just keep consistently buying even when the market goes down. But then when it does, panic sets in and fear sets in. And it's just nice to have a little bit of a reminder that this is normal. The stock, stocks are volatile. That's part of the game. Yeah. The market doesn't go up in a straight line. But if you sit and back and analyze, eight out of 10 years, the market makes a gain. Okay, If you go to a casino and you're playing blackjack and you win eight out of 10 times, as long as you keep betting the same money, you're going to make a profit. And the markets are exactly like that. Yeah, no, totally. And we've got some data to uh, show people exactly how that has panned out over the last 20 years. So that's coming up. Let's jump in on that right now, actually. I'm interested to see. 
yeah, let's do that then. So the only other uh, thing to add before we go in is there are only two things that are certain in life, people say, and that is death and taxes. Now, I can't challenge death yet. I haven't got that magical power, but I'm on a mission to challenge taxes. Yeah. Uh, and that is through clever strategies, which dentists can employ right here, right now, depending on their situation, one or the other, or maybe more will be applicable. But it's the key is knowing about these strategies and how to implement them in the right situations. Because if you can claim more money from the tax man or not pay it in tax in the first place, then you've got that money participating in your financial plan growing for your future. And that's part of the journey. Absolutely. So this will be released as a podcast later. And I'm very aware that what we're about to display on the screen is highly visual. So we'll do our best to give some sort of audio description as well for those people who are participating via the podcast and listening to this further down the line. So Rohit, would you like me to share your screen? I'll add this to the screen. Yeah, let's do it. Tax efficient investing for dentists is what I see in front of me is the title slide. Yeah. So very quickly pointing out that this is not personalized advice. It is just an information pack for uh, more specific advice. Please contact me or any financial planner. Uh, They'll always be happy to have a chat and go through your situation. Yeah, so if you can jump on to the next slide then. Absolutely. I think that, is that something that you do at your end or? Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I can do it at my end as well. Brilliant. Yeah, both of us can control it. Great tool this. Right. So the way I've structured it is I've, I've put a problem description and then the solution and how it works. So the problem that dentists face is that they often have high incomes. Uh, if they are associates or if they are partners in a practice, then they'll achieve their income as net profit. If they have a limited company, then the challenge is uh, they can extract up to the personal allowance, 12570 a salary. They can do dividends up to 50570 and that's a basic rate tax of 8.75% on the dividend. But beyond that, it starts to get very punitive. So as um, an individual contributor, you get taxed at 40, maybe 45%. Above that 50570 magic number, if you are... Uh, if you are a limited company director, then you get taxed at 33.75. So either way, it's a very punitive way to extract money. So how to get around that? There are various solutions. The first solution we're going to talk about is venture capital trusts or EISs, enterprise investment schemes. Now, both of these, uh, the way they work is that they are investments into small companies. So these companies can have up to 250 employees and they can have turnover of up to 15 million pounds. Or for knowledge companies, it can be up to 20 million. But what tends to happen is uh, VCT managers or EIS managers tend to look at businesses which are scale-ups. So these are businesses which we hear of every day, some of them like uh, Zoopla was a startup business of this nature. Kazoo, doorstep delivery of used cars was one. Oxygen, which was involved in research on uh, the vaccine for COVID. That was part of this as well. So you've got companies which are in things like AI, big data, technology, artificial intelligence, genetics, uh, high tech knowledge based uh, entities, and they target growth of anywhere from two and a half to five times. So high growth, higher risk. But the real uh, advantage from a tax point of view is you get 30 percent income tax refund on the amount you invest. So uh, if you look at the planning scenario, let's say that a dentist uh, has 50,000 of income that they are willing to put into a VCT. 
they get a tax refund of 15,000. That's 30% of the amount straight away. So that's a lot of their downside risk already taken care of. Now, with effective management, with looking at more than 4,000 potential investment opportunities, narrowing it down to about 10 to 15 for a particular VCT, you can imagine the kind of, you know, top of the funnel to the bottom, how much risk management is going on there. So you have, you still have some companies that can fail, but the ones that succeed can actually get you between two and a half to five times your capital. Obviously not guaranteed, but it's a possible return. Um, and it's a way of reducing tax on, on your income. Uh, limited company directors can also sort of extract money as dividends. So if you think about it, you get taxed at 33.75, but you take 30% of it back, which means that you've just paid, you know, three, three, 4% tax on your income. How cool is that? Real quick, guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled The Seven Costly and Potentially Disastrous Mistakes That Dentists Make Whenever It Comes to Their Finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. That is cool. So let's put that in the figures, right? So as you say, you've got the basic tax rate, anything over and above that. Let's say you have £100,000 in theory. So yep. you're 50,000 over the basic tax rate, roughly. Let's call it that. And let's say that's what you're putting into the trust, okay? So the 30% rebate or, or, or tax that comes back to you. If you're, yep. let's call it, let's call everything over 50,000, roughly 40% tax rate, okay? Yep. Right? Yeah. So there's 50,000 that you normally get taxed on at 40% there, right? Yep. Yeah. So let's do the math really quick. That would be, uh, that would be 20,000 pounds in tax normally, should you just pay it as income, Right. But that 30% means that, let me see, you're actually only paying £5,000 in tax when that's placed into the venture capital trust. Is that how it works? Absolutely. So how it works, yeah, so you get obviously taxed at your income. So if you're self-employed, then you're due to pay that tax in either January or July. So if you invest in a VCT beforehand, it will entitle you to a refund of 15000 in that case, 30% of 15000 okay. Yeah. So you may have to reclaim it back from the government or you may not pay it in the first place, depending on the timing of your investment. But the end result is exactly as you said, James, the tax liability is limited to 5000 in that case. OK, so it's like a little booster because think about it like this. Everything that goes into a NISA is net. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like a little yeah. booster on your investment, isn't it? A bit, not a little booster, a big booster. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ISA, the difference between ISAs and this, James, is ISAs tend to, stocks and exercises tend to invest in large cap companies, um, yeah. which have billions of pounds of turnover normally. Whereas here, you're talking about smaller businesses. And these are going to be the big success stories, uh, the disruptors of the future. So you're investing in something that is good for the, the economy, is good for people at large, good for innovation, but also good for your pocket. Interesting. And who manages the actual portfolio within the trust? Do you buy a fund or do you buy the companies yourself? So uh, based on what you've got. So a venture capital trust or a VCT is nothing but 
an investment company. So the investment company is what you're buying. You're buying the shares of the VC team. It's not a trust, really. It's not a trust, but it's more an investment company. Uh, And then the underlying uh, fund managers will actually choose these companies to invest in. Uh, The value of the VCT shares that you buy is driven by that. But enterprise investment schemes, you can think of them as stockbrokers. So there you are engaging an EIS stockbroker or a manager who will then select these companies and you buy their shares directly. So that's the slight difference. Um, There are specific advantages to an EIS compared to a VCT. So what both of them will offer you, James, is 30% income tax refund. Okay, that's common across EIS and VCT. But what EIS offers you on top is capital gains tax deferral. So uh, this can be very useful in scenarios where let's say you've sold your practice, yeah, and you've got a certain sum of money. So you may be liable to pay entrepreneurs relief CGT of 10%. The other scenario we come across is dentists who have invested in buy to let if they're selling a buy-to-let property, then there would be capital gains tax to pay. If you can put that gain into an EIS, then you can defer that capital gain. You don't have to pay it, okay? Or you can reclaim it back. Shall we take an example of that to illustrate? Yes, I'm interested to hear. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that uh, a dentist sold their practice for uh, a million pounds. So on that, uh, there would be capital gains tax of 100,000 to pay. Now, uh, let's say that they agreed to put 200,000 out of the overall gain they made uh, from the sale into an EIS, okay? So 30% of that, which is 60,000 pounds, is claimable as income tax relief, okay? So provided they had good income tax liability in this tax year or the previous one, with the EIS, you can take it back one tax year as well. You can claim back 60,000 as income tax relief, But what you can also do is you can claim 28% or sorry, in this case, 10% of capital gains tax back. So 10% of 200,000 is uh, 20,000 pounds. And that can be claimed back as tax capital gains tax relief. So not only have they got 60,000 in income tax relief, they've also got 20,000 pounds in capital gains tax relief. So out of 200, they've already made back 80,000 in tax refunds and Anything else they make on top is tax-free as well. And that is the power of EIS and VCT investment. Wow. I guess it all comes down to which trust you actually put your money in, I suppose, as, how, how, how well you trust them, so to speak, uh, given that you can, you know, you've got all this rebate and that's absolutely brilliant, but then you want yeah. someone that is you know, trustworthy and you know, useful with your money. So you know, there someone that will actually cause that to continue to grow shall we say with time but i'm sure there are many out there that have good track records and what have you absolutely and this is more true in this domain than any other domain because there are a whole lot of cowboys uh, in this industry who i would not touch with the barge pole and that's where having a trusted advisor who has done thorough due diligence on the market i mean that's what i do for a living really so having analyzed more than 60 to 70 providers we only rate seven or eight uh, worth investing in. And the reason for that is a strong track record of successful exits. So for 15 to 20 years, or at least 10 years, they've shown their capability to identify the success stories. They have PhDs you know, in, in, bio, in biotech, in genetics, in AI, who are actually scrutinizing these startups, their business plans, and their, you know, their sort of way forward. 
uh, and then they analyze whether they are worthy of investing in so you have still have failures you know don't get me wrong it, it's not always successes but as long as they are keeping the failure rate within 20% uh, you're still in for a gain of anywhere from 50 to 300% well it's it's called tail led investing isn't it you ever heard of the you know the art industry you know how big art brokers invest in art they'll literally buy a thousand pieces 990 mm-hmm. no it's I th- from what i gather venture capital trusts are not quite to this extreme but it's uh, it's a similar <laughs> concept you've got a thousand pieces of art buy a thousand 997 go to zero or don't really move maybe yeah. maybe one or two they'll be they'll be reasonably noteworthy level yeah. of fame will the artist achieve and then therefore the price will go up and then in there in one of those 1000s you know one out of 1000 you'll have the next flip in van gogh or picasso right mm-hmm. and that that one does so well that it makes up for the other 997 yeah it's interesting and they make money doing it but they they understand it's an odds game and it's called tail led investing tail led investing the concept yeah it's very similar in this space so out of every 10 Uh, EIS or VCT managers invest in. You'd find maybe one or two fail. You'd find maybe three or four are uh, average success stories. Maybe thirty, forty, fifty percent gain. And you, the hope is that you will have two or three nuggets where you can make five or ten times the return. And good, yeah. good providers uh, demonstrate that over time. Certainly, it's a very good analogy. That that's cool. That's cool. What's the exit strategy on these things? Then is it just buy and hold indefinitely, or do you get in with a with the, the the means to get out in mind so with bcts exits happen after 5 years so you can only keep the tax relief if you exit after that uh, now exit can happen in one of three ways either the company can get listed on the main stock market uh, so the vc player can exit their investment by listing the other one can be uh, by being bought over by a big company So uh, you might have heard of a company called Pasta Evangelist, for example, that was sold to Nestle. Um, there have been many other stories like that, uh, where innovative companies uh, which can move really fast when it comes to new technology, they're agile, are bought over by the so-called oil tankers, right? So SwiftKey, everybody probably knows SwiftKey, the keyboard app on Android and so on on uh, iOS. So that was bought over by Microsoft. That was also one of the VC investments that were made. So that's that's the second route, and the third route is being bought over by a private equity firm. So uh, when VC managers put their money in, they have their exit in mind with a five to seven year window. EISs, there is no defined time frame other than three years minimum. So over there, because you are buying the shares directly, uh, it's controlled by the EIS fund manager. It could be anywhere from three to seven years, whereas VCT exits in five years. Interesting. And at what point would you typically recommend a VCT to someone? Because for me, right, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've got these. This is all well and good. This is cool. But the the, the, the simple things we have in our hand, you know, we've got our fifty thousand two hundred and seventy, the basic yeah. tax rate. Yeah, uh, I believe it's fifty thousand two hundred seventy. Um, let me just check that out. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, that number, that's the magic number, uh, which we want to stay under. when and really if we can maximize every single pound, pound held in our personal name under that amount that is flipping gold dust okay that because the tax rate is minimal on it and then after that most dentists are going to have a limited company and then they have to extract as much as they can out of that in 
you know, using these different methods or invest within the limited company as well. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. Too. Uh, yeah. We will talk about that. Absolutely. That's that's coming up next. You read my mind, James. That's what you do. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This is what I'll do. Lips are sealed. And let's jump <laughs> in with that one. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Let me. Yeah. Let me hear more on that, and then I'll 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 give my spiel. So one very quick uh, point in relation to what you raised. Uh, where do VCTs and EISs fit in? So uh, the bread and butter of investing should be uh, pensions and ISAs. Okay, I always say this to clients. But specific planning scenarios will mean that VCTs and EISs are also a useful component of that. So pensions, as you know, have an annual allowance limit of £40,000. Now, most mm -hmm. dentists uh, or many dentists who do NHS work will be members of the NHS pension scheme. So part of their uh, annual allowance will be used by that. And then uh, you could make contributions into a personal pension through a limited company. We are going to talk about that. Uh, you could do corporate investments, but that means you're keeping investments within the company. If you want to extract capital, other than what you're yeah. going to put in, a, this is your answer. Yeah, yeah. That's very, very important. And then what you could do, and here is an excellent planning angle, James, as well, is VCTs uh, and EISs, they give you tax refunds. Yeah. You could use those tax refunds to make ISA and pension contributions. Okay. So you could put the, let's say in that example where we were putting 50,000 pounds into a VCT, we were going to get 15,000 back in income tax refunds. Okay. We yeah. could use that money to top up our ISA allowances. Or we could, if we had personal income, we could use that to make pension contributions. So that's tax relief on tax relief, if you know what I mean. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> because what you get, yeah, when you sell the, uh, when you cash out of the trust, you're liable for capital gains versus income. Is that right? You're not liable for anything. So the gains oh, you know, that you make, right. yeah, it's, it's really unbelievable to look at. So with VCTs and EIS, when you exit, uh, all the gains are tax-free. VCTs also pay you dividends, which are tax-free during the time you're holding it. So it's phenomenal. I must have that when you said that earlier. Okay, that is, that is interesting. Now, that is cool. That is yeah. cool. Food for thought. Food for thought. Let's jump into limited companies. Yep, let's do that. So this, before we do that, this chart just explains visually what a VCT and EIS does. So you have a combination of small and medium companies. They could be AIM listed, so alternative investment markets, or they could be unlisted. And it's just a diversified portfolio of those types of companies. Okay. Right. So now we talk about what you mentioned, corporate investments. Okay. So the problem statement here, dentists that have limited companies and they have savings held on deposit. So uh, some part of that capital is what I call active capital, i.e. you're going to use that to buy practices, expand your uh, you know, surgery, buy new equipment, whatever. But most practices have some element of the other aspect, which is lazy capital. Okay? So that okay. capital is just sat there <laughs> putting, on the, uh, putting on the calories, you know, eroding in but value. Can, due to hmm. can I say one tiny thing on that, right? That is the easiest thing for any dentist to ever accrue because they're over here, they're doing so many root canals and fillings and extractions, all this money builds up, right? And then they look over and they think, oh, wow, all that money sat there. That looks good. I should probably do something about that. But let me just do this fill in. Let me just do this checkup, right? And then they come back two months later and it's exactly the same, right? Now, that's all well and good. It's really easy to look at that money and be complacent, right? 
every single yeah. second that money's not working for you, it's actually working against you because you're holding it in cash, right? The time that you spent to acquire that money is physically being taken back from you because the cash is losing value. And that's why it's so important to explore somewhere to store that cash, effectively a better home for it. And what asset will that be? Your complacency is costing you. That's what I want to get across. Precisely. And with inflation being close to 9%, 10%, your money is losing value. If you have 100,000 today, next year it'll be worth 90 and so on. And yeah. so investing it is important and how, how you invest it is the question. And, and just it's just very important. Just one tiny thing I just wanted to say on top of what I've just said. It only applies to surplus cash, right? Because you're going to need some as a cushion. You're going to need some to be active capital to use your term. We're talking about the surplus on top that's just sat there, the excess fat that needs trimming, basically. This, is, this leads into exactly what you're about to talk about. You've been going to the gym a lot, James. I can tell that. With you. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> Bodybuilding course next, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Right. So um, hopefully, I don't. You know, I don't know if anyone would pay me for that necessarily, but it could be fun. Yeah, I don't know if they take fitness advice from from yeah. me. Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows? The way you've diversified fitness advice for dentists. That sounds cool. I'm up for that. Yeah, there could be something in there. There could be something in there. Cool. Okay, so uh, let's talk about uh, the planning need here. So we talked about tax-efficient extraction of capital from a limited company, uh, but for various reasons, it may not be feasible. It may be we've used all our allowances. It may be the money is required later on for some sort of business purpose. So for that, we have to take out an investment which is in the name of the company, i.e. a corporate investment. The most efficient way of doing that is taking out what is called a corporate investment bond. So a corporate investment bond is an investment vehicle. Underneath that, you can have any large cap investment fund you want. So you could have a global tracker, for example. You could have niche investments, any kind of funds that you could buy in an ISA, you could buy in an investment bond. But it's the qualities, the tax treatment of this bond, which really is the advantage here. So most dentists, most uh, limited companies that are below a million pounds in turnover benefit from something called a historic accounting standard, which means that if they invest into this type of bond, they do not pay tax on any returns or gains made until partial or full surrender of the investment. Okay, so let's say let's take an example again let's say uh, a dental practice owner within a limited company had uh, 100000 pounds spare cash to put into this bond so they put that money in the bond and uh, let's say they've kept it there for 6 years and it's grown from 100 to 150 so that 50000 of gain which they've made there is no tax on that until they decide to cash it in okay when they cash it in it just is liable to corporation tax as any other gains made. But here is the beauty of it. You have control, okay? So you have something called gross roll-up, which means the returns are building up within the bond free of tax, just as they would in a pension or an ISA, okay? So you've got that growth without any tax. When you come to take it out, you can actually combine it in a year that you're going to have losses, For example, let's say you're buying a new practice or you are actually investing in doing up your existing practice, buying more equipment, whatever. So that will actually mean that you have an artificial loss that particular year and you can then crystallize your gain in the bond to tie in with that. 
So it is offset against that loss. Therefore, that gain itself will be subject to very little tax, if any. And that introduces a very interesting dynamic to planning. That is interesting. Now, that is interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So you, you cash out of your investments at the same time as you're going to invest in your practice. Absolutely. And that, that's how most businesses use it, to be honest. Uh, but even if you were not doing that, the tax rate is 19%. That's, that's all there is. And the average rate of growth in uh, even medium risk investments, as you know, James, is about 7 to 8% on average. Again, not guaranteed, warning, but that's what we've seen over the long term. Uh, more at racy, racy investments could do 10 to 12% as well, potentially. And all that your company can be earning whilst that money is invested. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And what are what are are these corporate bonds then or these uh, government bonds or a mixture? So this is the important distinction. So these are not investment vehicles in their own right. These are wrappers. Okay. So right. corporate bonds uh, and government bonds are actual investments. Here, the investment bond is a term that refers oh. to a, just like an ISA, you know, or a pension. Underneath right. the investment bond, uh, the government doesn't help, you know, or the industry doesn't help by having names like that. So it's a bit confusing. Uh, these are structures within which you are investing into funds. Right. So okay. Sense. But then, yeah, no, no, it does. No, it does. And then the wizardry comes in because obviously over a certain time frame, you need the money. Uh, so then what actually you put into the bond or the vehicle as such, I, I'd imagine probably you're going to need professional help on that one, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it helps to take advice in terms of how you should encash it. And we work with accountants, dentist accountants to work out optimally how to structure this. Uh, so let's say that your 100,000 bond grew to 150 and you were cashing in only 20,000 of it. So it would be taxed proportionately. So on that 20,000, your proportionate gain might be X figure. On that, you pay the corporation tax. Interesting. Food for thought. Food for thought. Anything more you wanted to say on those? Just that they are very efficient ways uh, of uh, investing your corporate money. So have a look at your uh, account, account statements. If they show surplus cash, and if they have done for a number of years, like a lot of clients I've seen, then certainly it should be a trigger for you to have a chat. But, but yeah, this is the thing, you know, um, it was just like what I was saying earlier. It's so easy to be complacent with mm. excess cash, but the excess cash is costing you. That's the key thing to understand because yeah. all of a sudden that flips everything on its head. You know, you every second you spend not finding a home for that, not finding somewhere to put it. It's literally if, if inflation stays the same, which, well, I'd like to think it won't do, but at the minute it's 10%. That means 10%, you're losing 10% of your wealth every year. You know, it's crazy, you know, just by not doing anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it's so easy to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Uh, there, There is an estimate that 374 billion pounds is sat in company accounts earning less than 0.1%, which I just read recently. 374 billion pounds. I'm pretty sure a significant part of that is in the dental community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I see it all the time as well. It's really common. And don't get me wrong, I get it. But it's because when you own a business, basically time is the biggest factor for most things. Yeah. Most people who own or principals, they have cash. They have some cash. They can afford the, the nicer things in life within reason. Obviously, there's the total extremes like the like a flipping solid gold Lamborghini and a super yacht and stuff like that, but they can, they can afford most nice things. 
Yeah. yeah. So for the, but for those people, what they never have is time. And it's the time that holds them back from actually finding a home for that money. You know, I actually, it's actually worthwhile. You know, it's not something that you're going to see the return on in the short term, in the very immediate future. If you take some time out of your busy schedule and allocate it towards reading on investing, learning a little bit about what to do with this money, but it will pay dividends further down the line. Dividends literally and metaphorically, depending on what you invest in, you know, you, you will quite literally, uh, be able to multiply that money and that's account that account rather than just slogging away doing the same old thing and keep you know and hammering away with the dentistry and the thing about it is you can do that you can keep hammering away at your dentistry you can keep doing that and you'll never be poor you'll never not have money and that's why it's so easy to continuously do that and it's for me it's sticking to what we know and until we actually step outside of that will we begin to understand these things that is where your wealth can truly go stellar if you understand it and if you have the right vehicles. Precisely. Good for thought. Food for thought. Rohit, we are getting close to us rounding this up. We've been on the air for about 40 minutes or so, and I like to keep these fairly concise, short and sweet uh, information uh, on, well, investing nuggets effectively. Is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion just to wrap things up? Yeah, absolutely. The last one, very helpfully, short and sweet. This is about making company pension contributions. So individuals, as you know, individual contributors, partners, uh, associates, or sole traders, they can contribute up to 100% of their relevant earnings. So their profits uh, up to £40,000 is uh, allowed every year, but you can carry forward for the last three tax years unused allowances. Limited company directors can make pension contributions via their limited company. Um, and then for inheritance tax, we have a business relief qualifying investments and trusts. We have touched upon this in a previous podcast, but this is where you've sold their practices. You've come into a large sum of money, which could potentially be taxed at 40%. So the, the way to prevent that is by investing in special purpose vehicles. So they're effectively businesses which carry out qualifying trades. Things like asset-backed lending, so you're bridging loans, investing in renewable energy, infrastructure solutions, AIM shares. So in a nutshell, investments like this can help you safeguard your assets from inheritance tax. So uh, all these vehicles which I've talked about, uh, they help uh, dentists mitigate income tax, capital gains tax, inheritance tax. So in other words, coming back to what I started with, mitigate your tax uh, at least have certainty of knowing that you can do that because everything else is down to chance in life, isn't it? Cool. I love it. Awesome. Rohit, thank you so much for your time today. Anybody who was listening wants to reach out to Rohit, you can find Rohit on the group, Rohit Rohella. Rohit, it's been fun and educational as always, my friend. I shall catch up with you very, very soon. And as I say, thank you for your time. No, thank you. And just to end with this particular slide, which we've got, uh, this just shows slow and steady. No, calm and steady wins the race. Uh, highlights 2002, 2008, which had really bad outcomes for investors. But you look at all the other years, more than 22% to 25% growth in the good years. Overall, uh, we've seen a return of 8.1% on this particular portfolio on an annualized basis. So what does that tell you? Keep calm. Stay focused on the plan. Don't let negative news affect your decision making. If anything, this should be a call to action. Buy the dip, grab a bargain, and invest confidently. That would be my takeaway message for today. 
That's totally cool. Thank you for that. And it comes back to what I was sharing just a minute ago, which is the blackjack analogy. That was one of the most powerful things that I ever realized or learned about investing. And that was that if you go to the casino and if you're the, let's say you're the casino rather than the punter. Okay. You know that if you keep executing the same game of blackjack, the odds are slightly weighted in your favor. And that's how we should be looking at the markets. Be the casino, not the punter. If you make the rules rather than letting the markets make the rules, then you can make money and learn from the people who've been doing it consistently and successfully over many years. And if the odds are in your favor, even if it's just a slight margin, even if it's six odd, even if it's only a 51% chance that you're going to win, then if you keep betting the same amount, you'll win 51 times and you lose 49 times, but there'll be a net win don't be a net win you know the rate of you winning there's a net plus one in there every single time and what that means is you make money now that's that would be true in itself then apply that to the markets and understand that eight out of ten years you win okay eight out of ten years the s p 500 has went up right and now now we should know now we know how we should be investing just keep doing the same thing and realize that eight out of ten years you're going to win and over time, those eight out of 10 years can quite literally make you millions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, newsmakers would make you think it's different this time. It isn't really. Reasons may be different, but the same thing tends to play out in markets every time. Yeah, yeah. That's never, ever happened before. And really, if you're invested appropriately and diversified sufficiently across global equities, then the only thing that can ever sink your investment portfolio is if the whole world economy fails because you've sufficiently diversified. And if the whole world's economy fails, we've got bigger fish to fry. That's never happened and it likely never will. And we're going to end that note today. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Good to see you as always. And yes, my friend. Time. Until the next time, my friend. We'll catch up soon. See you later. See you later. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.